Now, in college, a good kicker is, like, impossible to find sometimes. You know, you could go seasons with inconsistent kickers, missing extra points, missing field goals. And when you find that right kicker, the guy that you know can consistently hit what you need to hit, it's like finding the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Now, this weekend, Boston College landed a kicker. We're going to talk about who this kicker is, so you're going to know all about him. We're going to look at the offensive coordinator and offensive line search and know talk about what we know and what we don't know. And finally, we'll look at the basketball game, uh, another disappointing loss against a Syracuse team that looked very winnable. We'll talk about all this and more on today's show. Make sure you stick around. It's going to be a fun one. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday. Welcome. This is AJ Black. This is Locked on BC. I am your host. I'm also the publisher of 247's Eagle Insider. If you want the best BC coverage on the internet, check out our our site. Between me and Mitch, you'll get some of the best stuff out there. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. All right. Busy weekend in terms of BC sports. You know, we are usually a, a football and basketball centric uh, podcast, but, you know, hockey played this weekend. Women's basketball played this weekend and we're getting ramped up for BC baseball in a very big season for Mike Gambino. But again, it goes back to football. And I, I always have my finger on the pulse of everything that's happening with this football program to bring you the latest updates. And man, there's a good update this week. Now, one of the things that was lacking in the class of 23's recruiting class was kicking. There were no specialists on this team. You know, every recruiting class, you, you, you might want to get a kicker or a punter. You don't need a, to fill your roster with them because what are you going to do with four kickers and four punters? You don't. That's not usually something you need. You, But this class, there was nothing. After the early signing period, and after uh, there was a few visits, as you can see in the picture on YouTube, if you follow us on YouTube, Sam Stone of St. Michael's in Austin, Texas, visited uh, just before the late signing period on February 1st. Now, Stone... I, I had crystal balls because I can, if you ever follow recruiting, it's a fun thing that we do where on 247, I, if I know a kid's going to commit or I have a good hunch on something, I'll put in a crystal ball. It's my way of saying, I, you know, watch for this. Put a crystal ball for Sam Stone right after he committed. Uh, he had visited BC because I had heard from multiple sources that the visit went really well. And, you know, he still had other offers on the table. You know, he was looking at Baylor. He was looking at Ohio. And there was a few other schools that were kind of sniffing around too. He ended up picking BC. Now, why is this exciting? You know, it's a kicker. <laughs> I got ragged on on the Eagle Insider boards because I was like, whoa, you know, here's a a, a crystal ball prediction. And they're like, oh, it's a kicker? Man, that's disappointing. Hey, 
you know, how many games has BC lost in the last 15 years because they have no kicking game? You know, last year it was a struggle. Connor Litton had a bit of big, big regression. Now, Sam Stone is, you know, 247 doesn't rate kickers usually. If they do, it's usually just like a two or three star. Cole's kicking camp is usually the the big go-to uh, ranking system for kickers. And to say that they're generous with their kicking stars is, is a bit of a uh, understatement. Uh, I believe Connor Litton was five-star. I don't know what Liam Connor is, their other kicker. But they're usually like, everybody's awesome. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. So Sam Stone, Sam Stone is four and a half stars as a kicker and a punter. And, you know, you might ask, is he going to come in and kick? Is he going to come in and punt? Who knows? I would say I would probably lean, you know, he's got a big leg, so he could easily come in and do kickoffs if he need to. I still think Connor Litton, if he can figure some things out and get his head back on, um, and, you know, kick as as Marty Party said, kickers are 99% mental. I think kicking, on, <laughs> I love the, the typo on this, sorry, Marty. Kicking is 90%, 99% mental. Um, kickers probably are also 99% mental as well, but that's um, just a, a great typo. I loved it. But I think Litton will probably be the kicker. And then I'm not sure what you do with Stone. Does he does he try to get 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 into punting? Because I don't know. Sam Candotti did not show me last year that he can give you booming punts. I know he does the Aussie style punt, um, but I I don't I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like they bring in these kids and they can they let them kind of figure things out. I mean, like Danny Longman did everything I believe for BC. So there's no reason to say Sam Stone won't do the same thing. Um, but regardless of what he does, there's a chance he's going to play right away. Like kickers are not guys that you have to red shirt to, uh, you know, get, get them more acclimated. I mean, Sam Candotti just learned how to play football like a year and a half ago. And he's punting for BC last year. Connor Litton was a freshman in, uh, you know, when Aaron Bumeri went down with a hip injury in 2022, uh, 2021, excuse me, he took over and he was, you know, kicked 80% out of his field goals. So there's no reason to say Stone can't go out there and do what BC needs him to do. I'm glad that they did this, though. I think BC needed a little bit more depth at kicking. I, I, you know, it's obviously a kid from Texas. I, you know, I'm always a, a Texas person. You know, I love getting recruits from that area. It's a very talented spot of the country. This is a big one. So, you know, it's it's a kicker. And uh, we can be excited about that. Now. Before we get into our second segment, I want to ask you a favor. We are pushing for 750 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And I don't know if you've done so already. If you've not hit that subscribe button, this is the time to do it now. It doesn't cost you a dime. Go to YouTube, find Locked On Boston College, hit the subscribe button. You're going to get BC videos every single day all about everything that you want to know about the team. If you, if you are feeling good about the program, you're going to get more, you're going to get your news from here. I'm going to go over recruits. I'm going to go over transfers. I'm going to go over spring ball. If you're nervous about the team and feeling like maybe Jeff halfway isn't going to be the answer as the season goes on, I'll be the guy talking about potential replacements. If that's the case, whatever the case is going to be, we're going to have top notch coverage here on locked on BC. And I want each and every one of you out there, for all the super fans, sickos, 
BC students, BC alum, I want you to become part of our army. Hit that subscribe button right now for free. I would greatly appreciate it. And I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Now, in a moment, we're going to get into the offensive coordinator and offensive line coaching vacancies and talk about what we know and what we don't know as we head into some critical weeks in terms of the search. But before we do that, LinkedIn is the place to go if you're looking to add employees for your small business. LinkedIn is a partner of Boston College, and I want to tell you all about them. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to boost your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify these qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them for fast and free. It makes it easy to use, and when you use LinkedIn Jobs, it'll help you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black here. I hope you all had a great weekend. Um, I got home from ski a ski weekend and um, didn't ski when it was like 10 below, but got home and my freaking burner died out during the weekend and it was 39 degrees in my house. No pipes frozen. Thank God. And I just had the heat guy in to fix it. Seemed like a small thing. So hopefully my house, my house is like 55 and I'm freezing right now as I record this, but hopefully it's all fixed. But you know what needs to be fixed ne- next? is BC's offense. I mean, it's two years now. The offense has been sputtering. You know, each year it's been a different thing that has torpedoed what could have been promising seasons. In 2021, it was the the fall of Phil Dracovic, that big injury against UMass, and then Dennis Grossell's struggles. Last year, you know, we're going to all have PTSD thinking about it, was the offensive line. And Halfley has been decisive in fixing some of these problems. Credit to where credit's due. He went out there and first addressed the offensive line in the transfer portal. He probably made the biggest move of the offseason by making sure Christian Mahogany came back because now you have an all-ACC offensive lineman who's going to be one of the best guards in the country this year. You're also getting Zach, uh, keep calling him Zach Taylor, Logan Taylor, uh, a tackle from UVA, and Kyle Hergel from Texas State. I love saying his name. It's always a fun one. Two hog mollies who have played for quite a while, who are going to sure up an offensive line that should be vastly improved from 2022. On top of that, Halfley has made a series of coaching moves that I think are worth watching. We are now almost into a full month without an offensive coordinator, which I, I don't know. You, if you're listening to this, you know what Boston College is like in terms of the school, in terms of the administration, and in terms of the glacial pace that which they hire and fire coaches. I want. I, I mean, if if you're like me and you're on Twitter and you're seven and and you know Brandon Marcello and all the other big names out there, uh, Pete Thamel. They talk about 
you know, a, a team losing a coach. And within like three days, they have a new coach. And it, it seems like that across the country. It goes from teams as, as small as, you know, uh, you know, I'm not even calling them small, but like teams like Duke, Duke filled their role like within three days, all the way up to Alabama who lost Bill O'Brien uh, last week to the Patriots and already have an offensive coordinator like four days later. I know it's Alabama, but I'm just saying it, it kind of, it stretches the gamut. And then you have BC who have not filled their position. And I don't know what's taking them so long. I, I That's, that's the biggest question mark. This, and this isn't the first time they've done it. Uh, if you remember last year when Frank Signetti left for Pitt, it took them about a month to hire John McNulty. And to do with the NFL, which is what one of the things I wonder about. Don't know what's taking so long. There's a, there's multiple different theories of what's happening. Um, that's taking this offensive coordinator role so long to get to get hired. Now, Halfley was on, as I said last week, Hale and Adelson's um, ACC Network show, and it made it sound like he's pretty close to hiring somebody. Like maybe it's they're just filling out the contract and finishing some things that could be the case. I also wondered if it had to do with the NFL playoffs, if they're looking at someone on an NFL staff, because we all know Jeff Halfley really likes coaches that have NFL experience. And there's coaches out there. You look at the, the San Francisco 49ers, there's other coaches that have connections to Halfley. So that could have been a case too, or that what, what a lot of pessimists say, and Hey, I don't blame you for saying it because it's fair to say it in any case, right? Is that no one <laughs> that they're 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 struggling to fill to find anyone on their list? That you know they may have had some big names or names that they were really interested in, and Jeff Halfley has tried to reach out to them and they showed no interest. Look, I'm not, I'll be truthful with you here. If you're an up and coming offensive coordinator, say you're on an F, uh, um, you're a positional coach on a decent NFL team, or you're a group of five, um, you know, offensive coordinator who's looking to move up. Would you risk your potential career by hitching your wagon to a team that went three and nine last year? It's an honest question to ask, you know, money talks, but also people are not just automatons that just take money. They look at situations. They look at what they're getting themselves into and the ramifications if that move doesn't work out. If Jeff Halfley goes out there next year and say he goes five and seven and th that's the end, you know, if he goes five and seven against that schedule, you know, I I'm all on board with moving on to a different coach. But if you're a coordinator, now you're out of a job too, because you know, the next head coach is going to get somebody new. So that's a tough sell. You know, because he can, he can preach, Halfley can preach to potential candidates. Look, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But there's this, there's always going to be this nagging feeling on these coaches. Like, do I really want to do this? Is this worth it? Is he really able to, to back what he says, whether he can or not? It's what people think. So that might make things harder for a coach that maybe Jeff Halfley wants to come in here. Now, the offensive line coach is another question mark because at first, my thought all along, whether we like it or not, is that Chris Snee is going to be the next offensive line coach. 
I've I I've heard things. I've I truly believe that that's what the original plan was going to be um, if they moved on from Googs. And they did last Friday. Now they are on to, you know, finding this offensive coordinator. Could that put a monkey wrench into the plans of the staff? An offensive line coach is important, especially when you had the unit that played like they did last year. I, and I could talk to them. My, my face turns blue about all the potential, but let's be real here. An offensive coordinator is going to want an offensive co- offensive line coach that has experience. Christine doesn't have any experience. So an offensive coordinator may want to bring in a someone they know, someone that Halfley knows that has more experience. So that might actually change the projection of where they go there. It may not, but it may, it may, it may do that as well. So I think this offensive coordinator position is going to have to be filled first before we see who the offensive line coach is. Because Halfley's going to have to let his guy make his hire. Um, I don't expect any other offensive changes in terms of coaches. You know, you could always see possibly Steve Shimko go back to tight end if the right offensive coordinator is a quarterback coach. That could happen. But Savon Huggins, I thought, you know, he kind of walked into a tough situation last year. Daryl Wyatt was fine. But the name that keeps popping up that folks have asked me about is Azar Abdul-Rahim. This is the guy that, um, as the associate head coach, and, you know, a lot of folks really like what he's done recruiting, and rightfully so. He's done some really nice things. I've, uh, someone, a few people have pinged me to ask me, they've thought that they've seen him, you know, following a ton of Michigan coaches and possibly could he be going to Michigan? I, I mean, I don't see any smoke yet. We'll just leave it at that. Um, Michigan has most of their positional coaches still in place. A very easy open fit. Now they lost their associate head coach, Biff Pogge, who you remember uh, was the guy that helps, uh, drag Clinton Burton Jr. Uh, from BC to Charlotte. He's a new head coach at Charlotte, right? So Pogi, his spot's open, but Jim Harbaugh is not going to bring in a brand new coach and just make him associate head coach. So probably give that as an upgrade um, or a um, a uh, promotion, excuse me, to someone on their staff. So I don't right now, and it could change. I'm, I'm telling you what I, what I know right now, that I don't see absorbed over him leaving. Um, I just don't see the the, the match there yet because they have Chris Partridge as well, um, who is obviously does what he does. But that's my thoughts on the coaching situation. I don't know what you um, have thought about it, but a um, in our final segment, I want to look at the basketball game. I have some questions. I got some really, really big questions about what the heck happened in that game. And we'll get into what happened with BC in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk about our good old friends at Built Bar. If you know me, you know I am a big fan of the Built Bar. They are 100% covered in chocolate, and they're a delicious treat that is low in fat. you got to try it. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've just got the thing for you. you got to try Built. But Built's healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, do you won't think they're good for you, but they are. They are really good in terms of 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. I mean, we're going to beat that. But now, get this. You can go to Built.com to get your Built Bars. 
lock 15 with your promo code or go to your local Walmart or Sam's club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, head right to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You'll pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro euro. You can thank me later. Make sure to check out, head on over to built, check out built.com. This is AJ Black, Locked on BC. Thank you all of you who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, do it right now. All right. We're going to switch topics here. We talked basketball, football for quite a while. We're going to talk basketball here. BC lost against Syracuse on Saturday, Karate Kid Night, 77-68. And this was a, it was a tough game to lose because it showed some real issues with BC that I thought really kind of made me a little worried. Now, when you're talking Syracuse, you're talking Jim Beheim, who made some interesting comments after the game. And then after the game, he, you know, we, we got to, we, we, you can sit back and you can watch what happened in this game. What stood out to me? I watched it. I, I saw it with my own eyes was BC shot 35 three-pointers or attempted 35 point three-pointers. So they hit 11. That's not going to win BC any games. That BC is not a team that can shoot threes. Now, now before you get into this, I know when you play against the zone, they're going to give you the three-point shot. But what disappointed me was that BC couldn't find that soft spot in the middle of the zone get, you know, get it to Prince of Lake Bay or even Devin McLaughlin who could, you know, fire the shot off from there, but he kind of hesitated quite a bit. They just continued to rely on that three point shot. Now credit to BC. I mean, they shot 31%, which isn't terrible for them. It's not bad at all, but it was frustrating to watch them, their complete inability to attack the zone and Quinton posts, I think got exposed quite a bit here. Uh, Jesse Edwards had quite a game offensively against him, but I, I was just, it was just frustrating to watch because, you know, BC doesn't have a perimeter shooter. If they had a perimeter shooter that they could rely on, they would have been in a much better shape, much better shape here, but they're missing that. I think Donald hand was going to be that guy. And now he's hurt. Jaden Zachary obviously hasn't been the outside shooter you'd hope he'd be, and Mason Madsen hasn't either. This game was winnable, and that was tough to watch too. And credit again to Prince Oligby, who had some really big moments down the stretch, including an alley-oop and a, a, a swat near the end of the game. But the big moment of the game was another BC mistake, and it was TJ Bickerstaff who made it. Now, BC just made a great defensive stand against Syracuse. They're down by six. They get the ball back. I think there's a minute 30 left in the game. You know, they're, they go down the court and I think it was Makai Ashton Langford who had the ball tries to cut over, try to cut it, go across the, you know, the court and TJ Bickerstaff gets called for a very blatant moving screen. Like right. And especially with like right in front of the referee gets called for a, a clear offensive foul. And that was the game. Syracuse put the, put it away after that. And BC loses by nine. This was tough to watch 
because BC had this game. Like they were right there. They could have won this and they still weren't able to put them away. I mean, the other, the other interesting stat was that was the disparity in free throws. And I don't think this is a refing issue. I saw a lot of folks complaining about this. BC had fourth free throw shots the entire game. Syracuse, I think had 24, but I mean, just use context to explain. I mean, it's not that hard to see why. If you watch BC's offense, it was just a lot of perimeter passing as they struggled to get the ball in. And they weren't attacking the net. If you're not attacking the net, you're not going to draw fouls. That's what happened. Syracuse was much more aggressive. They were able to get at that defense. They got to the line more. I saw a lot of people complaining about that, but, you know, I think that's more of a symptom of the of the inefficiency of the offense more than some sort of ref issue. But that's just, I don't know what you think. Uh, bask, in terms of just more trouble this weekend, Syracuse women's basketball beat BC basketball, uh, BC women's and men's hockey fell in penalty shots to Lowell. So not a great for BC at all. <laughs> uh, but let's get to a quick few quick questions and then we're going to get, we're going to head out of here. Um, Frank Ryan had a good comment. I know it's a depth issue, but TJB should simply not be on the floor in the final five minutes. Guy is an anchor on. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, I think it's been a big issue with him all throughout his career is that, you know, he's very inconsistent offensively um, and he just, it's tough to have him out there. Marty party says Abdul's recruits are ranked high, but haven't really produced on the field for BC. I mean, his DMV guys. Yeah. I don't think he's done a great job with that, but he's done. He has brought in guys like Amari Jackson. I thought was pretty good. Um, and, and uh, Cole bats. And he's like, he's associated with almost anyone that recruiting wise. Cause that's, he's that he's kind of that master, right? Football fan says any more scoop on the rumor that Halfley was going to call plays and put in a patchwork offensive coordinator by committee. No, <laughs> Halfley is not calling offensive plays. I don't think he has enough of a, like he's even said it himself. He doesn't know the offensive. I mean, it's not his thing. Um, I don't think Halfley should Halfley would ever be calling uh, the plays. And um, will BC give the offensive coordinator a three-year guaranteed contract? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this, I, I don't, I don't get into the business end of things. Um, and because BC is a private institution, it's really hard to get in information on contracts. Uh, so some good questions here. Well, I'm going to head on out again. My name is AJ black. If you don't follow me yet, please do on social media. I'm at AJ black underscore BC. Um, I'm also the publisher of Eagle insider. We have a kick, butt uh, off a uh, commenter board there. I know a lot of you folks out there are commenters. Join our message board. It's a really fun experience. Um, I'm on there. I do a lot of stuff um, in terms of co connecting with the uh, with the readers. Mitch goes on there too. Um, come on by. It's free if you want to use the free boards. Uh, some of it's VIP, but if you want to check it out, I, I highly recommend it. So go to Eagle Insider. It's part of the 247 Sports Network. This is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow to kind of talk about maybe offensive coordinator news. Who knows? We'll meet. We'll get into it then. Take care, everyone. Stay warm.